Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. With the right conditions, with the right input, amen, the seed, the seed is going to prevail. And, um, you know, we are, we are here as planted as a seed in this world. And that's what the kingdom of God is. That's what the kingdom of God is. We're here planted as a seed in this world. And this world is not, is not too kind to certain seeds being planted. People will try and reduce you down to something in their mind's eye. But you have to remember who put the seed in you. Your father. Your father in heaven. He put the seed into you. And when we keep a hold of that, we'll begin to grow. And eventually... You, you will flourish. The church is flourishing. No matter what it looks like out there, the church is flourishing. Do you believe that? So I'd like to share God's word this morning. And we're talking about the kingdom of God and hopefully bring a bit of a refreshing view of God's kingdom because I think some of us, you know, we live in our, in our shire here and the kingdom of God is much bigger than Ayrshire, isn't it? It's much bigger than Ayrshire. Uh, so we think, I think we need to give more, more thought in our time when we go to pray, start, start to pray with a kingdom, more of a kingdom focus. What's going on beyond, what's going on beyond my doorstep? What is God trying to do through me today? Because there's two opposing kingdoms. There's a kingdom of darkness and there's a kingdom of light, isn't there? And even before Christ's time, Men like Isaiah, who was a prophet, he spoke out and he said, you know what? The kingdom of God is going to prevail. So the kingdom of light is going to prevail over the kingdom of darkness. It's going to prevail. No matter, no matter what, you know, a lot of, of course, we are part of the kingdom. But God has a greater plan, a bigger picture. And, um, you know, I don't want to say this lightly, but, you know, He's not going to fall off his throne if, if one of us vacates our position because his eyes go to and fro throughout the earth seeing who's going to be faithful to him. But he wants all of us to stay on board and in the kingdom. Isaiah 9-7 says, the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So there is an, God's kingdom is increasing and there's no end to it. Do you believe that? And do you, know, do you know why I know that? Because at the end of that verse, it says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. When God is behind something to make to, like, I'm going to perform this, I'm going to perform this. There's, it's going to happen. Amen? It's going to happen. So, there's another scripture I want to read you about, about the kingdom. And it's in Matthew 16, um, from in verse 18. And this is Jesus speaking to Peter, he says, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Amen. So I'm going to build my church on you, a mortal man. All you did was recognize that I, was, that I am Jesus. All you did was acknowledge, all you did was receive me as Jesus Christ, and I'm going to give you the keys 
to the kingdom. Do you know that that is so symbolic? The keys, if, you're, if you hold the keys, it's like when I, one of my classes in one of my schools, I go to the reception. Before I go to the classroom, I've got to get the keys and that gives us all access to all of the tools and everything that the pupils need to work. And I'm like, you know, what happened if one day I, I showed up and there was no keys and I couldn't get in? We'd all be standing there twiddling our thumbs. And so the keys give us the opportunity to open and shut things, to bind and to loose, gives us power and authority. And just think about the scope of that. Think about the, the, the scope of what was authorized by Jesus himself. It's vast. I don't think we probably fully comprehend the amount of the, the level of authority that Jesus Christ has given us. I think many of us, and I put my hand up oftentimes, if doubt creeps in and you're like, I don't know if I can really do that. I don't know if I can really do that. And if I go back to my roots, my, even my Sunday school roots and my youth group roots, I remember people pouring stuff into me. And thankfully it comes back and gives me a wee boost. And I say, do you know what? I'm going to carry on. I'm going to keep on going. Amen. So God's kingdom is vast. And this parable, the parable of the mustard seed, it, it says God's kingdom is like a mustard seed. And we'll get to that in a minute. But before we do that, I want to talk about something that I see people doing. And I think it's something we can all be guilty of sometimes. We be become reductionists. A reductionist. What I mean by that? I mean sometimes we tend to shrink the world into an ever-decreasing bubble around us. The, you know, the world is massive. God's kingdom is massive. And we reduce it sometimes to this little bubble that surrounds us. Now, I'm not talking about, it's not the same as simplifying things because simple is good. So simplifying is good, but reducing everything to just this little bubble around us is, I don't believe it is. And sometimes it happens for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it's like, listen, I can't deal with, with the world and everything that's happening. It's my way of coping. This is how I cope with the world. You know that the average person in one year hears about between 20 to 40,000 um, items of news. I, I was astonished by that. I'm like, that's quite a lot. But if you go through your daily, your day, you're picking up stuff everywhere, you're hearing what people are saying, you're seeing stuff on social media, that can be pretty overwhelming. So some people, how do, how do they cope? So they reduce everything. Now, sometimes there's influence from around us. There's input from people around us also, which can cause us to become closed off, to isolate ourselves. The other reason we reduce everything down to a bubble just around us is because Sometimes we've, we've had pain and hurt inflicted on us by other human beings or by other organizations. Some, you know, life, is, life can be really cruel. And we go, we try and, how do we cope with it? We try and, we, we, we um, um, it's like you, you, uh, you, you draw the wagons around you. You know, that was a method of defense back in, in, the, Boer, in the Boer War. What they did is when they were under attack, they drew all of the ox wagons in a circle. And that was how they, 
you'd know that from history in school, but that's how they, they, they do it, and we kind of tend to do the same thing. And Jesus is like, I've come here to teach you and to expand your mind, to, to show you the vastness of my kingdom, and I don't want you to think in small ways. I want you to think in great ways. Do you believe that? And so that was the way he intended to teach his ministry. And, and that was for the people who chose to hear him. Some people ch chose not to listen. They chose not to hear. And his followers did the same thing for a time. Paul, Paul went on his missionary journeys. If you look usually at the, at the book of maps in the back of your Bible, there's the book of maps. <laughs> it's usually after Revelation, you've got the book of maps. You'll see Paul's journeys there detailed. And he was bold and adventurous. He'd go out on these um, uh, ministry journeys to preach Jesus Christ, to preach Christ crucified, and to say that the kingdom of heaven has come to earth. Jesus has, has been. You might never have met, met the man, but I'm here to tell you that he was here and that his kingdom has come to bear on the earth. Now, Paul was exposed to every kind of hardship and suffering on those missionary journeys. I don't, I've lost count of the amount of times he was shipwrecked, he was whipped, he was beaten, he was starved, he was put in prison, all of these things. But he kept an open heart and an open mind. Amen. And he even, he even writes to the church in Corinth one time, and he says to them in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, he says, Corinthians... We have spoken openly to you. Our hearts are wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you're restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, you also be open. And that might sound, well, I don't really understand that. What's actually being said here? Paul's, Paul's basically saying your hearts have become closed and small. Your capacity to understand the bigger picture all right? And the bigger picture was that here, here we are. We've got the love of Christ in us for you, and it's huge. It's vast. Um, and it's unrestricted. But you've become narrow-minded. You've become, re you've restricted what flows out of you. I'm here to tell you that I love you with all of my heart, but you're not returning that to me. Your outlook on life has been compressed from every side. And do you know why, why that was? Well, if you look at the context of that scripture, it tells, it tells us there why that began to happen. It was because they started to be yoked with people that were not believers. They started to listen to voices and the influences of their, of their time. And so they'd given place to other voices in their lives and these things were robbing them of their love and compassion. So it was no wonder. Paul was probably not surprised that he wasn't getting anything back from the, from the Corinthians. Amen? 1 John 3 um, from verse 17 says, if it, oh, let's go from 16. By this we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, that, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Amen? Amen. If anyone with earthly possessions sees his brother in need, but withholds his compassion from him, how can the love of God be within him? 
Let little children, let us love not in word and speech, but in action and truth. Amen? So, you know, you can have everything in this, in this earth and in this life, but if you, if, you're, if you shrink your world down into this little bubble just surrounding you and nothing flows out, it's going to be, it, it, it deprives people, it robs people of the blessing of the seed in your life to increase God's kingdom on the earth. Amen? Paul's saying, look, the kingdom has come. You, you guys are all living temples. God lives inside you. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Yeah? And, 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 and uh, we've got to remember that. Some people, their own view of themselves is like, yeah, my body's a temple. It's an old ruin and it takes ages to walk around. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, that's... No, that God has put his temple in our hearts. Amen? And so Paul's saying, he dwells richly within you, so be careful with who you're getting yoked up with. Who are you having fellowship with? Be careful not to substitute your love for God or for people with the affection you have for this world. I just paraphrased that there myself, but that's in essence what Paul is saying. And I thought, you know what? How are we going to understand the kingdom of God? How are we going to get a, a picture of God's kingdom? Because at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. We're here to be a part of the kingdom and to increase his kingdom. And I thought, you know what? There's, I don't know about you guys out there, but for me, it's, it's, it's visual. I get very um, stimulated by visual things. Sometimes I can read stuff and not really understand, but sometimes I get a picture in the middle of the night or I get something makes an impression on my, on my heart and I'm like, I can never forget that. I'll write it down anyway for good measure. <laughs> but it's like, it's so, it's, it's like, it's like a brand, some, someone branding something onto you and it's like, that's gonna be there forever. I'm like, I wish I could have this impression of the kingdom that never ever leaves me amen so when all else fails the thing that can get us by is an impression or an image of something that is significant amen now it could be an experience that you've had in the lord it could have been you were on a you were on youth camp one time or you were at a conference or you could even have had an encounter with someone in the street it could have been something um, it could have been something um, like a vision, a God-given vision in the night or in the day. Visions don't just come by night. Amen. And um, it could be something that is spoken over you, a word that's been spoken, but it'll be something that'll make a real and a genuine difference to your life. You know how people say in life, some, some things make a deep impression on you, a really deep impression and this is, what I'm, this is what I believe would make a big difference. You know, you could say that you've experienced something unforgettable that stays with you. It outlasts every other memory you have. This is the kind of impression I'm talking about. If you take a bit of plasticine, right, or a bit of blue tack, and I just, like, pick it up, and I just kind of go like, 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 like that, it probably won't make much of a dent in that blue tack. But if I take all my thumb with all my might and I force it right into that blue tack, what's it going to leave in that blue tack? It's going to leave an impression of my thumb. It's going to be like there in the blue tack. 
And it's and 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 another another um, maybe another example is if if um, I've never been there, but if you go to the the battlefields of world of the world wars, even to this day, some of the big artillery shells they used, those craters have made an impression upon the earth. They're still there today. They they they're like a scar on the landscape. They will never disappear. They're still there today. And this is the kind of impression that I'm talking about. Amen? You know, in life, we live through the ordinary and the extraordinary, don't we? I have to admit, I live more ordinary days than extraordinary days. I live more in the ordinary than in the extraordinary. I know God's an extraordinary God, but I live in, mostly in, in the ordinary, and then I have some extraordinary experiences. And I'm okay with that because I know that God's still doing his work. He's still transforming his church. He's still transforming me. He's still transforming you. So it's okay. But if I begin to be more impressed by the things of the world, if they're leaving a bigger impression on my life and I become less impressed with God's goodness and less impressed with what he has done in my life, I'm headed for problems, big problems. God, God's goodness is, is amazing. It, it's, it's, it's impressed my life. It's impressed, I'm sure it's impressed your life, hasn't he? So we could, could we, here's a question for you, could we be so impressed by God's plan for our lives and the kingdom that it's no bother to get out of bed in the morning? It's no bother to get up and have zeal and have a spring in your step to have, to have the joy of knowing that, do you know what? God's, God's impression is in my life to the degree that I know that it's all gonna be okay. I just gotta get up every day and follow him. Be free from worry and anxiety. And just like, you know, be aware of his kingdom plans. They're much bigger than we probably th- realize that they are. And be, can, be secure. Don't be insecure. Be secure and content with where God has you right now. He'll move you. Amen? He's going to place you where he wants you to be. If you're in, if you're in Tudor Rye Road, winning this morning at the Bridge Church, this is where he wants you to be today. That's where, you know, if he wanted you to be in the king... Mm, if he wanted you to be in the kingdom of Swaziland this morning, you would be there. But probably still end up there. But um, do you know what I'm saying? Wherever he, you know, let's be, let's be content with where God has put us. Do the work in the place that you're in. Jesus, that's what Jesus said. He said, when I come back, let me find you working. And where's that going to be? It's going to be where you're at. Amen. And so... When God's, when, God, when God's impression is on us, it's deep, it'll last. Impressions that are not deep will not last. But when God impresses us, the benefits last forever, amen? And he does that by his word. He does it in so many, any, in so many ways, but so much of it comes out of his word, his word for us and what he does for us. And his word is the seed and it's this word here that can make a lasting impression on us. The, the Bible says, write, your, write my word in your heart. Emblazon, emblazon it upon your heart. 
That's, that's, that's the impression that God wants to make on us by, by his word and by his good deeds, by, by, the, by his healings, by the powerful things he's done to deliver you. Amen? Amen? In Mark 4, 9, um, Jesus said to the crowds, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen? So some people won't hear, but some people will. And it's those that hear with that level of perception, they understand this is the voice of, this is the, voice of the Lord. That is the thing that, that gives birth's faith in you as a person to go out and to be able to do the kingdom work that he's got for you. Amen? Because many hear the, the word, but few receive it. And when you don't receive it, it's not going to bear fruit in your life, is it? And there's a lot of people that are careless with their hearing. And what happens is the enemy, the, the parable, the, there's, there's another parable that talks about the fowl of the air. And they come and they pick up all the seed that's fallen on hard ground, don't they? Sometimes through our carelessness, all of that stuff that comes towards us just lies there on top of the hardness of our, of our hearts, maybe. And it gets taken away by the enemy. Amen. So the devil's busy, very busy around people who are careless in their hearing. He's very busy. He just picks up all of that seed and all of the word and everything, and he's off with it. So in Mark 4.30, it says, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground, like the smallest of all the seeds but it becomes the largest of all the garden plants. It grows long branches and the birds can make nests in, in its shade. Amen? You know, Jesus is looking to make an impression upon people by the use of this parable. And whenever Jesus spoke, he often used kingdom language when he was speaking. He often referred to the kingdom and I'm sure he was trying to get, get people to understand what the kingdom of God is. And so the parable says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed and the ground that it's planted into is the world. Amen. Remember a few weeks ago I said that it started off, it was microscopic. It was just Jesus and a few of his followers and they grew and they grew and they grew. But this is where the seed is planted, in the arena that we live in. You know, do you, do you believe we live in an arena? It's like in a, life is like an arena. There's combat, there's conflict, there's all sorts of things in this arena. And God's using this time and this space to prepare us for eternity. You know what? The, the, this is a blink of an eye. Life on this earth is like a blink of an eye. God's using this arena to prepare us for eternity. And while we're here, he, he's given us the freedom to make moral choices. He's given us total freedom to decide what we want to do with our lives. Amen. Do you believe that? So, this seed has been planted into the world, the church. Has anyone ever tried to start something new? I can say this because even in ministry times, sometimes you try and attempt to start something that is good. It's been birthed in your spirit. You've seen it. It's there. 
It's God-breathed, but where are you going to begin it? Well, we begin it here in the world, in our, in our arena where we live. But when the kingdom of God is brought to bear upon the earth, there's often resistance to it. Isn't that right? Is it, have, you, have you ever felt resistance for your, with, for your faith? Whenever the kingdom of God is brought to bear in the world, there's resistance. And, some, and that's why people, you know, people look around and they say, well, the church, the church is fading, the church. Well, you can say that, but I know from God's word that the church is not fading, the church is growing. And the church is going to grow stronger. If you decide not to hear that, that's up to you. If you decide to pronounce your own verdict on the church, that's up to you. You could be sitting, you could be sitting next to someone today in this very room and the person next to you is full of faith and you're full of criticism. And the person that is full of faith is going to get the fruits of the reward of the fruits of, of that faith. And the per person with a critical spirit is going to get the rewards of having a critical spirit. So you can, when, 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 when there's a seed planted, the seed often doesn't just, you're not all, you know, the, the word says that, this, that, the, that the, um, the wheat grows up with the weeds. And we're not supposed to go and sometimes, if we're not discerning enough, this is why we've got to leave this to the Lord. The wheat, he lets the, the, the weeds grow up with the wheat. And a lot of times that's so that we can be shaped and, and we, can, we can understand more about the kingdom. But we don't go and pull the weed up in case we've done it wrong and we cause someone to stumble. And we, shouldn't, we had no business doing it. At the, ver, at the very end when the harvest is taken, the weeds and the wheat get taken at the same time. And the stuff that's no good gets burnt up and the good stuff gets kept. So, and that's, that's, that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in this arena. You're going you're to have so much that you're, that's going to be, it's just, there's so much that can come against you. But we've got to keep our eyes fixed and focused on the father of all good, of every good and perfect thing. Amen. And so there, there's resistance, but it doesn't, that doesn't matter. It finds a way. The church will find a way. The seed finds a way. And in, in, even with, in John the Baptist's time, it, the, the word confirms in Matthew 11, until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There's people that press right in and they take it. They receive the kingdom. They're, they, they're not passive, resistant, they're aggressively, forcefully taking the kingdom of God. We're pressing into the, to the kingdom here. Amen? So this seed that was once a little tiny, miniature, little microscopic seed is now sprouts to over 10 foot in size, and the branches of it give shelter and, and, and to all sorts of the birds of the air, the, the word says. You know what? It doesn't discriminate but between who comes in and nests in the branches. Can be right, the righteous or the unrighteous, the rich or the poor, the happy or the sad. Doesn't discriminate. It says that it, the seed grows and it provides shelter for those that would come into its branches. And so Jesus' ministry 
And his sacrifice established the true kingdom of God, the mustard seed of the kingdom. Microscopic to begin with, but small beginnings eventually made a way for increase. Small beginnings like the, like the, like the young saxophone player, small, just small beginnings, hard, making a way through, but remembering who planted him. Who was it? Who, gave, who put all this stuff inside me? Amen. Now, this morning before any of you arrived, I had some, some helpers, and they placed a mustard seed on your chair. I'm guessing that most of you didn't see it before sitting down. And you've probably not detected it since. I even used the yellow ones to give you a, a good chance at seeing. So on your chair this morning, there's a mustard seed. And you, did, you, did anyone feel it? No, it's, so we didn't have the princess and the pea going on here. So that you've got this mustard seed. Now, 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 now I've got the whole church standing up looking for seeds. It's okay, everybody. It can stay where it is. If you do want to see one, where's mine? There it is. I actually can't even show you it because it's so small when I put it in between my fingers, it disappears. This mustard seed. All right, tiny, tiny mustard seed. If you, can, if you can find it and you have found it, it just shows you that something so small, something so seemingly insignificant has huge potential. And it can easily be overlooked. Easily. can easily be overlooked. Amen. But the most important thing about the seed is it has to quickly take root. If it doesn't take root quickly, a predator will come and take it and lift it. So the root, it has to take root quickly. And what happens when it takes root? When it roots down, it grows up. It has to grow up. It has to develop strength and it has to develop resistance against any creature or anything that would try and destroy it. Amen. You know, as God's kingdom, as that's, 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 God's, that's what Jesus said about God's kingdom. It's like a mustard seed planted in the world, but it's going to make its way. It's going to grow and it's going to increase. It will not be defeated. And on a personal level, as the kingdom of God grows, you must grow too. We have to grow as well. Where does, where does the seed get the nourishment it needs? Below. It puts its roots down the way for nourishment without getting your roots into the kingdom of God, without putting your roots down into the word of God, without, you see, if we're always looking for the visible fruits on the tree and we're not looking at the roots under the ground, we've just, we've just lost it. And a lot of us, we're looking for when, when is the fruit coming? When's the visible fruit going to be there? But we've neglected the roots. We've got to never take our eyes off the roots, amen? And one day, as I'm bringing this message to a close right now, one day, God is going to ask us all, he's going to say, what was your involvement in my kingdom? 
He's going to ask us that question. I know, I know he's going to say that. He's going to say, what was your, what was your part in it? What was, what was your part in it, David? What did you do? What was your, what was your involvement in my kingdom? How did you help manifest my kingdom and help it to grow on the earth? And, I, and, and hopefully I'd be able to give him an answer that was pleasing to him. If we get our affections set on, this, on everything around us in the world, it's, gonna, it's like root disease. It, it's going to cause us to, to wilt and to wither. So I want to encourage you this morning, keep a big vision for God's kingdom. Don't reduce it right down to this little bubble of, of, of wherever you are. Always think big. Always think like if it was, if you were in the praise team, we'd be thinking choir. We'd be thinking big. We'd be thinking, you know, we'd be thinking more. Everything, the church, our volunteers, our serving teams, we're thinking, we're thinking more. Amen? So, we have to flow with the Holy Spirit. One day the church, actually, it was actually in the song we sang this morning, I think we, we used that lyric, um, one day the church will be complete. The completeness of the church will happen one day, but it's not going to happen until the word of God is preached to the ends of the earth. So there is a harvest of people, of, of souls to save in the world today. But, you know, um, we're talking about God's harvest when he comes, when the church is complete and it's ripe. You see, if you, if you don't get the timing spot on, the fruit goes rotten and moldy. There's going to be a day when there's the completeness of the church and it's ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. And then the end will come. Amen. And you can, if you want to read about that, you can go to James 1.18. It says there that when the first fruits of the earth are ready, God knows exactly when that will be and the harvest will take place. We, Bridge Church Co-winning, we are all a part of God's kingdom. Bridge Church Air, Bridge Church Co-winning. Um, Fullerton, Fullerton Church, Mansfield Trinity Church, don't forget God's kingdom. Don't forget God's kingdom. Don't forget that that, that, mustard, that that mustard plant has branches that, that many nest in. It's not just us. It's many. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.